Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Guy, Nick Mason's source full of secrets, of which we are um, two-fifths, right? Uh, we're going back out on the road in the summer across the UK. We are. We're, it's all of June, so brace yourself. What's it called? It's called the Set the Control Store. What a brilliant name. Who do you uh, think could have come up with such a great name for a tour, Gary? I wonder. I think yeah. I'm looking at him, right? But then right. I did come up with uh, Nick Mason's source full of secrets. You did, and in fact, that came up in a podcast then because you were inspired by Woody Woodman's Is You Boat, weren't you? I was, yes. Anyway, anyway, but enough of that. So... Join Nick, Guy, Lee Harris, uh, Don Beacon and me as we celebrate the early years with, you know, that incredible, it's an incredible body of work, isn't it? The early Pink Floyd. It goes up to just before Dark Side of the Moon. goes up to 1972, with all the film soundtracks, all the Sid stuff, stuff you've never yeah. heard, stuff that no one's ever Echoes, heard, frankly. Obviously. Echoes is the big sort of, you and, know, uh, uh, what is that? What would you call it? Magnum Opus. Yeah, I love a Magnum, don't you? Yeah, I never met Magnum. Was he, was he, <laughs> Um, anyway, tickets are on sale now and you can buy yours at uh, myticket.co.uk. And Kilimanjaro Live presents Nick Mason's Sourceful of Secrets, the Set the Control Tour. Hello, Gary. Hello, Guy. Now, with our guest today, your inner Bill Frindle must be basically wetting himself <laughs> at the thought of all the stats. And actually, sorry, we should point out because we do have an international audience, don't we? Yeah. A lot of people might not know who Bill Frindle is. Yeah. Do you want to explain, Gary? Well, well, there's a thing over here called Test Match Special, TMS, and it's basically all day radio describing what's happening in the Test Match. Uh, for cricket, England. which is cricket. 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 And Bill, who I think is no longer with us, was was a famous was famously one of the. Uh, uh, the uh, commentators. Well, he didn't commentate. No, he, he wasn't was the commentator. He was the stats man. And he, stats his man. thing was he could access any statistic about any game ever, yeah. like yeah. right just then. Yeah, you'd hear the ledger and the dust flying everywhere as he turned the pages looking for who last <laughs> held the That's... record for hitting a pigeon uh, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it might be. Um <clears throat> So, I, Guy says this because I do come up with a few stats now and again. The trouble is, is Diane Warren is just got the most enormous stats I've ever seen. And, um, you've, and you've seen a few. Uh, and I have seen a few and I've read a few. Um, I mean, she's had 14 Oscar nominations. Yeah. And hasn't won any, but was given an honorary Oscar just recently because of all this incredible nomination stuff. Uh, I mean, well, she got... was cheated in 2016. Sorry, I'm going to... There, I've said it. Well, you can bring that up later. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's... I don't even know where to start. How many How many single... I mean, she said nine US number ones, 32 top 10 hits in the US. How do I, which she wrote for Leanne Rimes, is number six on the 100 all-time... Biggest played. Rec- I mean, and that is a deceiving chart now. I have to say, and I want a conversation with Diane about that because that at number one now is the weekend with with uh, the lights uh, single. But you know that's because of streaming. Streaming has sort of yeah. deformed the charts slightly. But I mean, she's she's got everything. Two Golden Globes. I could go on, but we could you, you could just go- say who she's written songs for? Because that would she's be written uh, Leanne Rhymes, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, Meatloaf, Lady Gaga, uh, Belinda Carlisle, uh, Laura Branigan, Cheap Trick, Butt, Cheap Trick, um, uh, Beyonce. The way to put it for our listeners is: if you have ever come home from a party in a minicab, you were listening to Diane Warren. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, you sent that to me on a text, didn't you, I earlier? Did. And, I, and I think my reply to you on that was um, oh, that, yeah. the guy, that you say to the guy, why have you come this way? And he says, sir, I didn't want to get you home before the coda. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the kind so, of cabs we get in. Well, yes, kind of cabs you get in, mate. Um, but anyway, so yes, listen, Diane Warren, she is the ultimate sort of ubiquitous great pop song. She, is, she ends every film. In her own inimitable way. 
Well, she's been on a hundred. Her music has been in a hundred movies. So I, I'm I'm a bit sort of overwhelmed by all this, and I think we need to show um, our listeners that she's probably a huge, just a human being. She is a human being, and much like other human beings, she might enjoy uh, signing up to Rock on Tours Extra, which you can do at rockontours.com. God, you're so slick. I'm so slick. You're so <laughs> slick. It's like you're like the Peter Powell of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's amazing. It's almost as if our producer held something up to remind me to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sign up and you get extras. And Guy and I have been working hard at doing some nice extras for you. We well, have indeed. Uh, you, you get to hear about when we, if we're ever going to perform live again or any events that might happen that you'd like to go to. You get the first shot of getting a ticket. Anyway, forget all that. Let's get her on. Welcome to the Rock on Tours. Okay, guys, I'm ready. But it's a big tune for sure. I actually wrote that originally for Tina Turner. Of course, I had gone and found Joni Mitchell down in Florida and brought her back. I've listened to a few of them and they've been really good, man. I'm sitting in the back of the car coming into London. They're brilliant. That caused a big problem in the band, actually. I was having too much fun. Thank you guys for still being around, still making music, still being into it, and doing this podcast. It, it's uh, it's fabulous. Well, I get the feeling that us three should go for a bite. That's what I think. I'm in a band now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Roxy Music. You know this thing about the 10,000 hours of experience? Oh, yeah, the two, two, Get good at something. When we recorded Arnold Lane, we'd done about 50 hours. The Rock Hunters Podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt. Keep on rocking! Ah, uh, Yay! Hi, guys. Hi, Tyler. Wow, you look fantastic. What a great setting. Oh, it's not real. By the way, I, 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 love, I loved um, Spandau Ballet. So. Oh. <laughs> we'll start there. Thank you. That that's that's eased me into this because uh, we are so thrilled to have you on. Because oh, I mean, why? You know, just your legendary status alone. No, that's not. I'm not. No. Uh, uh, we've had we've had on, on since we started this podcast a few years ago. We, I think we've had three acts that you've written for. Uh, Belinda, yeah, obviously, at least Alice. And, and he hasn't even checked that. We've just assumed. <laughs> Alice be. Cooper, yeah, I did, Belinda I did Carlisle. A, not yeah. one of my favorite songs, but I love Alice Cooper. I probably did the worst ever, one of not his best songs. Actually, while we're on that, we can mention that because I noticed it was co-written but with Desmond Child, who's obviously another huge songwriter. Yeah, Desmond's how, off. Bed of Nails, yikes. How, do you rec- how did you co-write? I mean, I, I very rarely co-write, so I, I that was you know oh, that was a long time ago. I, mean, I usually write by myself, but you know, Desmond and I have done some some great songs together, and I love him and you know, a big Alice Cooper fan. Um, you know, it, that was kind of fun, but that wasn't one of my big shining moments as a songwriter. And Paul Stanley, we've had on. Yeah, I've done I've I've done um, some great Kiss songs. I think I did. I wrote the only song, the only outside song they ever did, which was "Nothing Can Keep Me From You," um, which well, that was in Detroit Rock City in that the Kiss movie. But that's quite a thing of yours, isn't it? That there's a lot of people where you seem to write when no one else gets in, but you're the person who comes in and writes a song, like Aerosmith. Yeah, it's well, you know, exactly. I love that. I think that's you know that that's pretty amazing. Like that that because these people don't need me. You know, whether it's, you know, Aerosmith or like Willie Nelson did a song of mine a few years ago. It's like, it's pretty cool. Or, you know, yeah, it's just, it's such a, um, like, it's a sign of respect and a sign that, that the song is really good, that it can get past that, you know. Well, that, there's, there's there's two things going on, isn't there? There's the, obviously the A&R man wants to have you in, uh, giving them possibly their biggest single on the album. But also I think a lot of artists now just simply want to sing your songs. You know, they they, they want to be part of, of, of everything you've ever done. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, you know, I mean, not all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of them, and I'm, look, I'm so grateful because like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm working with more, you know, doing better work than ever and working with more artists than ever, you know, so I feel like I'm just getting started, really. And and I'm always grateful, you know, to to work with great artists that, that they want to work with me. So are you in, in your legendary office where you work now? Yeah, my is legendary office is down the street there. And uh, where no where no one is allowed. It seems like your your fortress of solitude. Yeah, it, 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 I've been there for, you know, since like 1985. And um, my company was there too, and I my writing room. I have actually two writing rooms there. And during COVID, I kind of loved it because my no one was there but me. <laughs> um, so the 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 silver lining of COVID, and I I got so much done there. And then you know my company when we, when everybody came back, I, I 
bought a building down the street, which is where I am right now, which where my studios are. And so everybody's here, but I still like it over there. So I'm I'm there a, a lot of the time. And you're, you're sort of, the people who work for you respect that. They don't come knocking on your door. Just, the phone isn't meant to go, or do you turn the phone off? I mean, what, how does it, what is your at, process? At, my, at the other office? No, I just yeah. have my cell phone. I don't even know if the phones work there. I mean, I have the whole floor, but it's just me. So I, I really like that. Yeah. So just, ex- what's it like, because I hear rumors that, you know, you won't let anything be touched. You know, it's just, it really, yeah, it's literally like, is a case. It's like a house of cards in there. If you touch one thing, the whole you know, it's, I've never really cleaned it or anything, so it's it's a mess. It's kind of disgusting, you know. But, but I like it. You know? And how how but how techy are you? Is it like a guitar into a tape how techy or, am or I? I use laptop. a Walkman and yeah, a cassette. That's about how techy. Bravo! <laughs> I do. And cassettes are cool again. So I guess I'm. You know, all of a sudden it came it came around. Um, but I, I also use my my phone. I I don't know how to use voice note because it keeps erasing. So I do not visually, you know. So I'll do videos of, of, you know, what I'm writing, you know. So I, I do that. So it's not just the Walkman anymore. So I've, I've graduated to using a phone, you know. You know, it's just as a songwriter, I just, I, you know, I'm keen to oh, pick sorry. your break. Oh. Oh, you like my ringtone? Is that, have you, is that another song you've just written? It's Belinda. Yeah, it's ah, Belinda. Oh, Belinda. Belinda. <laughs> We're gonna. We'll talk. That was the we'll other name. That's that. who else we we'll had. We'll talk on. about that in a minute. But, but yeah, you know, I just sort of interested in that process of is it really you? You go to the piano or go to the guitar, yeah. and you sit and you get. You know, obviously the first stuff that comes out is very front brain conscious, and then suddenly. No, something... I don't think about it. I just do it, and and I just yeah, I'm, I'm and I'm you know sometimes I have a you know a, a drum beat or I program a beat or I just you know, have something I like and I'll just start playing along. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just, I don't think about it. I just do it. And I have like, you know, I write titles down all the time or ideas of songs, you know, and just kind of just go with what, what feels right. You know, it's all about for me, what feels right, you know? Yeah. Is it led by a title normally for you? I mean, I, I like, I like it to be, but not always. Sometimes it's just, you know, you know, a chord progression that sounds cool. And, and a, you know, uh, do you like writing to a brief? Yeah. I mean, or... uh, you know, I do. I love. I love writing songs for movies. Um, you know, I, it, I'll see. I'll read a script, or I'll, I'll see like a rough of a movie, and I, it, my subconscious, you know, kind of gets to work, and I, I kind of just write what I want to see in that movie. You know, so it's. I, I love doing it. I'm. You know, I just lost my 14th Academy Award this year. Yeah, we, so we mentioned that on the I'm intro. I'm consistent, but it's awesome. No, you've you've been you've been robbed in that. Department, I mean, definitely. you know what? I, I honestly I'm, think it's winning <laughs> by being nominated. I mean, I'm not just saying that because they only pick five songs out of hundreds. 2016, I'm sorry. And that performance that Gaga yeah, did. Yeah, that, that was the one that... I mean, come on, come I on. I know. That that was, you know, like, you know, I mean, that was one of the best songs I ever wrote. And yeah, the Gaga's performance was, you know, stunning. You know, all those, mm-hmm. you know, survivors of, of sexual abuse and people weren't even talking about that then. So it was, but she hit notes that I didn't even know a human voice could hit full voice. That that performance was mm-hmm. stunning. And then I remember sitting there and if that was the year everybody, you know, said, you're winning, you're winning. And I kind of thought I did. And then, then the, it was a commercial break after the performance and the winner is, and I went, the fuck? <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I just kind of went, you know, I, I was like, you know, I wish all those voters could have their could vote again after a performance because, you know, but you know what? It just yeah. it ended up winning an Emmy because it was also nominated for an Emmy. And that was cool. So I'd never won that before. But, you know, that but that song was, you know, it, it, it was culturally really important, too. What was the movie? It was uh, The Hunting Ground, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about Hunting about, Ground, yeah. you know, about sexual abuse on campus. But the song became bigger than that because that that song could be uh, also about anything you go through. You know, and more people, you know, a lot of people come up to me and say that song really helped them. Well, that was the kind of thing in that performance because all the yeah. survivors were on the stage were, were from various types of, of yeah. abuse, weren't yeah. they? It was, I mean, it was incredibly powerful. It was, that's to me one of the best performances like I've ever seen in my life, not even because yeah. I wrote the song. But do you, do you remember what song won? Obviously, you must do. Uh, yes. 
<laughs> it was uh, it was a James Bond uh, song sung by Sam Smith. Oh right, right, yeah, that's lazy voting, I think. But 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 yeah. but when you wrote, it's you know it's so nice. Sorry, Gary, really sorry to interrupt, but it's just so nice to hear someone actually be honest about an award, yeah, 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 about yeah, not yeah, getting an yeah, award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would like I I have to admit, like I was kind of bummed about that, but you know what? It 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 just that you know. But just kept... break down that writing of that song. Um, it, it's till it happens to you, right? Yeah. Um, it, it yeah. was that with Lady Gaga. No, no, in no, the no. Room, I mean, I ever? I wrote the song. And, did, yeah, yeah, but did you know she was going to be doing this? She was going to be singing it. Was was she in your mind when you were doing it? No, I wrote it for the movie, and I remember calling her, and and um, and I'd I'd heard that she'd gone through, she'd been you know raped by one of her producers, or so. I'd heard something on Howard Stern. I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, Gaga and I had talked about doing something through the years. I go, you know, I called her and I, I texted her. I go, I have to play something. I played her the song. She was sobbing at the end of it, and she just was so moved by it and ended up doing it but produced a beautiful record I mean that record was was just a genius record and she sang it so well so that was our collaboration really um, on that song and oh, oh, what about in the production sometimes are you having to let the song go and do you ever get sort of oh my god I never would thought it would be produced like that and it's not quite how I would have liked it or you have you got a firm hand in it you know I don't it, it, I don't really have a firm hand in it because I look at it, this is my song and your record with any artist I work with. I like to have, sometimes I'll have more of a say um, than others, but it's not my record, you know. I I mean, if I'm there and the melody, if someone's getting something really wrong or, you know, I'm kind of a stickler, you know, for getting the lyrics and melody right. But then I also, I have to like go step away a bit and go, you know, maybe you're going to make it better. Maybe that melody change or... That slight lip change could, you know, improve the song. So it's like, you know, once the after, you know, reads a script right there, maybe they'll say it a cooler way. It's their record, you know, my song. But we you know we're it's a collaboration. You're you after it's out of my hands and into your voice is yours. But because you were saying because you of you like your just guitar into the Walkman cassette, yeah. very basic thing. But but then that's for getting your ideas down. Yeah. But then when a song is written and it's going to go to an artist then is i'm presuming there's a sort of more elaborate demo that gets oh yeah we done do we do demos here involved, yeah, yeah i mean i we produce re- demos that sound like records you know in my studio <laughs> and so is there a team there who are just yeah, there, working there, i have some really good producers demo, yeah. and then there's there's you know some of these demos become records you know a lot of people don't have imagination as you know but but sometimes i love if i'm meeting with an artist okay. i like to just play it on the <laughs> piano or guitar you know, without without all the production, and just kind of strip it down, and then then I'll play the demo maybe, and you know, or maybe I won't even play the demo, just maybe like you know, let's see where you got where you take it. Yeah, you know what I I love when I was um, reading up about you, Diane was was you're you're still so keen in getting to the artist and selling your oh, product. Yeah. I think yeah. you know, <clears throat> I know that recently there I mean, there are two things I'm going to mention. You'll have to tell us about them. One right. is you you I'm. You fortunately sitting next to an artist on a plane, and then the other one was you know when Cher says that that you chased her in to an Al Anon uh, <laughs> yeah, meeting was, with, yeah, with a song after an Al Anon. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just I said I, I had something that was really great for her. You know, I mean, I just no, I just don't, I just don't <laughs> give up when I believe in something. And the plane was um, was common sitting behind me. Was that you talking the rapper, about the rapper? The huh? rapper, yeah. The yeah. rapper, yeah. Because I'd written um, stand up for something that Andrew Day was going to sing, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of like that '60s kind of Sam Cooke vibe. And I thought, like, I want I want to put a real a great rap a, a rapper on that because that and and throw different time zones in it really, right? Because the '60s didn't have rap at that time. So what if you kind of put that together? And I thought, you know, the perfect rapper is Common because he has something to say. That song was, you know, had something to say. And it just so happened, like literally the next week, he was, you know, kind of a captive audience because he was sitting right in back of me on a plane. And I started singing oh it to him, and then, you know, he said, "Oh my God, that sounds great!" And I and I sent him the song as soon as we landed, and I got ten calls from him, that missed calls that I had my phone off, and then, you know, so that was great. So I'll never, I'm, I'm an opportunist like that, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah. a good opportunist. It's just like there's always an opportunity. Hanging around outside elevators waiting to jump yeah, in anything, when they get in anything. and give them the pitch. <laughs> anything for my songs. <laughs> if you're using a rapper, do you accept that they're going to write their rap 
Oh, yeah, I'm, I was never I was never gonna write Commons rap. <laughs> like no, no, that's it. Like I don't a I'm not a rapper, you know. Um, so that was so he you know was a collaborator. On yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if you're if you're writing for an artist in mind, is do you have to sort of soak up what they've done, and then do you find yourself trying to sort of tailor it in their you know in a bespoke way? I don't tailor a song for one artist because I want it to be that a lot of artists can do it. Oh, that's interesting. So, because I mean, a lot of your songs, which I, I guess that's the strength of the artist, isn't it? If it sounds like an artist. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's the, the magic. Bringing their thing to that's the, the magic. Is it? May, it. I didn't maybe write it for them, but it sounds like nobody else could have done it. You know, I didn't write. I don't want to miss a true. thing for Stephen Tyler or Aerosmith. I wrote the song. It turned out to find the um, the best voice for it. I have a record coming really soon, which I think is one of the best things I've ever done. That. Another, I'm not going to say anything about it yet, um, but it's it's an artist that do, never does other people's songs, and but the, you can't imagine anybody else ever singing the song. Wow, is it Gary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe um, maybe we'll do something. I love hey, it. listen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, a good example of what you just said is uh, "Cheap Trick" when you did. Uh, wherever would I be and then that gets, goes and gets covered again by Dusty Springfield and Daryl Hall how cool is that right like like the, I mean first of all my favorite female artist of all time is Dusty Springfield yeah. so that that right yeah. there was was a huge huge honor um, and then like you know Daryl Hall's a great songwriter Cheap Trick you know Rick Nielsen's a great songwriter so, so yeah that was a, that was just amazing to have that happen with that song but does someone like Cheap Trick come into the room and go, oh, look, I'd like to talk to you before you write the song, or you, are they just, you just send them something that no, I was, you thought was appropriate? No, I, I did a song, I wrote a song with them called Ghost Town and at the yeah. same time, and I and I landed wherever would I would be. They, they, they did that, I think they did that before Daryl Hall and Dusty, right? Yeah. And that was, that was done for um, While You Were Sleeping for that movie with, with, with Daryl and Dusty. I was so excited to, that Dusty Springfield did a song of mine. I had, I had two songs on her last album. So do you meet her? I never met her, just I talked to her on the oh, phone. Wow. But she's oh. just, she was my favorite singer ever. Like her voice, just, it just, it's just, it, it's soul. It's, it was so warm and soulful. I just love her. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of Rock on Tours is sponsored by AG1, the daily nutrition supplement. AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 vitamins, minerals and other vital ingredients like gut-friendly bacteria, antioxidants and much more. Just one scoop of AG1 daily has all the nutrients you need to support your mental performance, energy levels, heart health and immune system. To be honest, it's pretty vital stuff for us because when you've got a life on the road and you're short of time or you're too busy to plan and prepare healthy meals, you're getting your podcast together, you're being shouted at and it's just a nightmare. AG1 gives me all the good stuff and helps keep my energy levels where I need, ready for showtime or doing the podcast and with a nice vanilla taste. It keeps me focused, feeling good, feeling healthy with its daily dose of vitamin C and zinc. And it's so easy to use. Just one scoop a day gives me over 70 carefully selected ingredients. Simple. Trusted by Olympians, F1 drivers and the rock on tours. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription. Go to drinkag1.com slash rockonteurs. That's drinkag one 
facebook.com slash rockonteurs. Check it out. Now, I'm really sorry, but I'm itching to get back to how you started because I can't find anything that definitely on being a singer. I started by doing it. It's like all you guys. We started out because we loved details, music. Details, I don't know. know. I, I'm like... <laughs> details, I just... I, I, I just... You know, listen to the radio constantly. I but was it guitar you know, first? Was it on a guitar? Because yeah. your, yeah, yeah. your dad got you a twelve started, string, didn't little, he? She, he was very supportive. Well, I was fifteen, but I had a little one little guitar from Mexico when I was like eleven. Um, and then I got I bribed my dad into getting me the twelve string, so I wrote everything on there. And then someone randomly said the piano is the songwriter's instrument, so I go, I'm going to teach myself piano. So I did, you know, enough to get enough to get by. I mean, I'm not. Very good guitar player or piano player, but I, but I, you know, I could get around. Can you remember what the first songs words. you learned were, or did you just start writing stuff immediately? I just kind of started oh, writing stuff. When I was a big Beatles fan, you know, um, like, like two years ago, the coolest thing happened to me, right? Where Ringo, Ringo asked me for a song, and um, do you know, Here's to the Nights, you know about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about it, but I know this, yeah, it was so cool. I read about so it. he, he asked me for a song, I go, Well, I have an idea. Because that's such a cool sing-along song. I go, let's get some of your old friends, and get and get some some new some new friends. All I kept thinking in my mind, Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney, the two Beatles song. Um, and yeah. and he he asked Paul, and he was the first person to say yes. I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna have two Beatles on one of my fucking songs. And then all these other people came on board, like Dave Grohl and Chris Stapleton, Cheryl Crow, Lenny Kravitz. I'm probably leaving off people because um, there's a bunch of people on that song. But all in my mind, yeah. all, all, all I, you know, to think about was, you know. It's like pigeons landing at Trafalgar Square. Once one or two come down, everyone, all of them want to come down and feed. But the, all you want to look and at once is the two Beatles of them land. And they're Paul and Ringo. <laughs> yeah. You know? Everyone it's wants like, to oh, come. Those other pigeons are really cool, but the, the other two are like, they're, they're beetle pigeons. <laughs> beetle pigeons. I, I I I love that you keep playing your latest single uh, on your ringtone. You've got your you've got your PR person ringing you just every now and again to to let us hear it. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's someone annoying the shit out of me. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a good ringtone to hear during this. We'll get some more airplay. Come on. <laughs> so I think what what you know we going back to what Guy was asking and was it you know obviously you mentioned the Beatles, yeah. but but you wanted to be a songwriter. Was was it people like? Carol yeah. King, the Brill Building, was it Bacharach? Yes. Who, who it was, was the Brill Building, Carol King. You know, it was that whole era of Barry Mann, Cynthia Weil, Burt Bacharach, Hal David, Jeff Berry, Ellie Greenwich, Mann and Weil, Lieber Stoller. Um, there's a, there's a, can I, may I say, you know, this is a kind of a Jewish. Yes, it's a Jewish, that, it's what, a Jewish what, thing. I'm, what is that? I feel like I'm, I, and I feel that too. I feel like it's that I'm, it, I'm connected with all those people. And Irving Berlin's my hero, you know. He wrote songs yeah, yeah, by himself yeah, yeah. and owned his publishing and Sammy Khan. Yes, yeah, Sammy Khan. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some pretty good Jewish songwriters out there. So add me to uh, list someday. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> was it not wanting to be a performer? Was that? Oh, I didn't want to be a performer. But wanting to no, still make yuck. music. No. no, the first money I got, I made, I was asked to stop playing. My friend, my friends, my friend's dad's friend owned a restaurant, and they thought, well, you know, maybe someone will discover you there. I played one song. And they, they gave me $15 to stop. So the first money I made was being told to shut the fuck up, please. But so how did, so you've started yeah. writing songs. And I think, well, I, I know Laura Brannigan was your first, but how did, you, how did you, what were the doors you knocked on? How did you? I mean, try... I knocked on every door. I just kept knocking on doors when they wouldn't let me in. I kept, tried to kick them down or go through the roof or, or through the window, whatever. You know, it's, you just got to keep doing it. You know, there's always an obstacle and, some of the fun is getting through the obstacles. Just that first song was lyrics, wasn't it? You you were just write you were writing just no, lyrics. No, I wasn't on that, on that one song. I just wrote lyrics. I was always writing words of music, you know, just on that on that one song, Solitaire. So I don't even consider that my even though technically it was my first top ten, I don't consider that my first hit. My my first hit really was Rhythm yeah, of the yeah. Night by Jabarge, eighty five, which which I did write words and music for, and then. So much yeah. like like son, son time, you sometimes you know on on West Side Story was just lyrics. Maybe that. Yeah, so. everybody starts out do, yeah. you know looking. But I suppose also you you there was only some there were only certain <laughs> artists at that time that were accepting outside songs, and and that would have been the disco world and the dance world. Well, was there's that... always someone that's gonna want a great song, whether that you know yeah. you know 
And then I'm like, again, I'm really lucky because so many of my songs find, you know, great homes, you know, so. I wanted to sort of pick your brains on where you think the, the sort of power ballad came from, because, and I say that because it, it sort of started in rock, if, if I'm if I'm right, it, with, with, with sticks. And I think Lady was 1973, you know, Dennis DeYoung. Wow. Because I did that research. I looked up power ballads as well, because you are so, yeah. you know, for you do everything, Diamond, you are so synonymous with the power ballad. And the thing, and the thing of, I've got a theory. I actually think the first power ballad is "This Is a Man's World" by James Brown. Yeah, yeah, you know, I could, right. see, I could see that. Yeah, I, yeah. I could hear and that. Fra frankly, I think that's a better pedigree than sticks to come from. I think. When was Dream On, Aerosmith? Dream On, what yeah, year yeah. was that? Oh, that was 73, 73 74 Because that was kind of mm. one of the first rock ballads yeah. too. Yeah, but, but I think I think that sort of the fact that sort of someone like Sticks could come along and do Lady or Babe or but even know, going going back going away. back. What about like um, Layla? No, nah, it's too it's too you know, fast. Or, yeah, oh, it's more rock, yeah, more yeah, rock. Yeah. Isn't well, it? Yeah. I think if you go right back, you're probably talking about Frank Sinatra and strings. You know, Sinatra. Well, no, and it's strings more and, it's more the intensity know. thing, isn't it? It's more the it's that thing that builds yeah. and the power build. of the guitar being is big happen. without being fast. I think that was the right. Yeah. Right now, you're right. I'm just trying to think. But in a way, you know, if it started with those heavy rock bands, it kind of made sense that at some point, you know, this, your big hit was going to happen through, come from a very unexpected group. You know, I mean, that to have Aerosmith. Yeah, we've never um, done an, an outside song except I think Come Together, which doesn't count because it's a Beatles song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah that was, yeah, and it yeah. was their first number one. And um, they probably loved it and hated that at the same time. <laughs> Um, it's an amazing yeah, it's a record, and it, it, you know, it's just... That was like, I remember hearing perfect. that for the first time and just going, because I wasn't in the studio when they did that and just going. Like, I, I never thought they would ever do my song. I remember it in the film, so, yeah, as well. But it, um, yeah. but it did become that thing. I mean, just, it gets to the point for you, time where, where it's like, it, it's sort of mandatory. If, if one goes to see a big blockbuster movie, then your song is at the end of it. So, I mean, <laughs> like, sometimes. Yeah. Some of them. I, I walk out if it isn't. I leave. I leave. It's not one of your songs. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm out. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but but you know the kind of it, that Aerosmith song sort of established the architecture, didn't it, of how to make one of those records? Was that something that they that you'd always had as your secret weapon? That knowledge of building a track, or was that I didn't something? That, uh, well, that I mean, you... I didn't produce that song or anything. I mean, that was masterletic. Yeah. I mean, I just I wrote the song and I thought it was a great song, and I didn't even necessarily hear it as a rock ballad i heard it as a big ballad you know but give credit to to the band and to master because they, they made that uh, the great record it is and still to this day it still stands Absolutely. yeah no question of that unquestionably i mean and, and if the, just to, to talk about some other rock stars that you work with obviously meatloaf um, well, how, uh, uh, yeah and and how how was did you did you get to sort of hang with him yeah I, I met him and you know that was actually one of the few times i wrote a song for somebody you know, was um, not a dry eye in the house, and I'd lie for you, and that's the truth. You know, guys, right? So, so meatloaf. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a great yeah. meatloaf title, right? You know, I, I, he did a bunch of my songs actually. Um, yeah, so it, great. I love, I love great singers. I love big dramatic voices and great voices. And it's sad that we lost him. We've lost so many great artists. It's just sad. And I'm glad you guys in the UK appreciate good singers. I think you do more than than they oh, do in America. That's what, uh, what makes you say that? Just, I mean, just the kind of artists that get signed right. with you guys. And, and, you, and, you know, even like with Belinda, you know, just wanted to break, you know, get the record started there as we know that people appreciate great artists and someone that's been around that's that still has a lot to give. Yeah, actually, and she's here so much. Yeah. She plays here so much, doesn't it? She's almost, we kind of think of her almost as one of our artists, you know. Anyway, yeah, she's yeah. amazing. And by the way, she is better than ever. I were, I mean, I did I Get Weak, you know, in, in the, the 80s with her, you know, which is one of my favorite records yeah, ever. Yeah. And I think she sounds better. <laughs> I think this record we just did is just, I mean, I'm not objective. I think it's fucking awesome. No, we'll talk about it. I just want to, while you're on I Get Weak, I mean, mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I think it, for me, I mean, it's one of the handful of records that completely sums yeah. up that decade yeah. for me. And it's, it's just beautifully emotional. I mean, Again, I just I'm I'm always so intrigued about how you delivered that song to Belinda, and if you met Belinda. Well, I remember you, playing it you, for um for Rick Knowles, who was producing Stevie Nicks, and I thought it was a really great song for for Stevie. And he goes, "No, no, I'm producing Belinda," 
I go, yeah, yeah, that would be great. And they say, I know she she did it and became a massive record for her. She did um, another song of mine on the album called World Without You. Um, like it week was like, yeah, you're right. Just epitomizes, you know, just the sound of that record. It's, you just hear that, you know, first intro. It just kind of takes you back. Um, and then I, you know, ran into her son, you know, at the co- at a place called the Coffee Bean in L.A. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah, we know the Coffee Bean. You know, I love the ice blended mochas. Come on, bring them on. I want one right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was sitting there and this guy came up to me and he goes, hi, you know, I'm I'm Belinda's son. I went, what? She has a son? <laughs> I didn't, I, I, you know, I have been so out of touch with her for like decades, really. And you know, I said, call her right now. So we, we FaceTimed her and I'd just written, like literally two weeks ago, I'd just written Big Big Love, you know, and I loved the song. And I, a lot of times I, I'm always writing songs. I'm like, I have no idea who this is for. And, you know, I wrote that. I go, I know this is a fucking hit, but for who? And then I'm, while I was with Belinda, I'm like, I mean, we were on FaceTime. I go, come to my studio. And she goes, okay. And I think she was like, shit, what if it, what if I go there? And she plays me a sh- bunch of shitty songs or something, you know, and, um, you know, so I think she was a little hesitant, and 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 she came over and 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 you know loved loved the song, and I played some other ones, and we just got to work, and it was so easy, it and so comfortable, and and I just think we made it. She she made a great record, you know. Um, if you go is the next single. Her, vo- her voice yeah. is amazing. Her voice is amazing right? on it. It's still full of all the youthful vitality. It's got such sheen. Yeah, she still sounds like a kid, and she sounds better. And big big love is doing great there. If you goes next, I think I think deeper into you. Um, and, and and can I say it's got a little eighties sound, which I I think is really just that's yeah. what people want, you know. Yeah, you, it's, you got you. But you yet, gotta know yet your... it's modern too. Like that, like yeah. sonically, it's eighties, but it's yet it's very current. That's the the. the but cool. you ended up doing five tracks with her. Why could yeah. you not wait and do the album and do the you know make a tent or does it is well, EP I want to do an, I want to do a full album if she's down because I already have the songs for that, you know, but. This kind of turned into this turned into an EP, and everybody's really excited. I love it's getting great reviews, and everybody's calling me in different countries. You know, someone just called me from Italy today, going, "Oh my God, I'm in the gym. I'm hearing big, big love." I went, "Yes, wow!" But it's funny. Um, I'm glad that she loved what what she heard, um, and it turned out, and I and we all love a comeback. Yeah, there you go. And it's called Kismet, which is yeah. What the, um, you bumping into this, you bumping into her son, I guess. It was. It was total like, and I guess he never goes to that. And have coffee beans, so it was just like one of these. And what if he came there an hour earlier? Or I came there. I mean, none of this would have happened. So, it. it I think that is the perfect name for this. Um, this. Yeah. This yeah, record. Yeah. And you know, I, I, was, I was talking about art, we were talking about artists doing songs. It's so funny. So I, I wrote a song called "Only Love Can Hurt Like This" mm-hmm. that that Paloma Faith did. It's actually the, one of the biggest TikTok songs now ever. You know, and wow. I, and it was a massive hit for her. I guess eight. It was eight or nine years ago. Um. And so, yeah. funny, that was another kind of thing where, where I wrote I wrote that song and oh, that that one, three, it could have easily been a three, four song, um, and I I had no idea who would do it and someone played me Paloma. I go, oh my God, that's who has to do it. And so I tracked her down like we were talking about. Um, I found out when she was coming to L.A. We had dinner and she goes, I don't want to know about. I, I, I said I have a song for you. She said, I don't want to know about it because I write my own songs. I go, yeah, but what if this one changes your life? You know, he should be open wow. to it. Just I don't wow. want, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And wow. then um, I go, well, look, let me just when you go back to England, I'll play it on the phone to you. You know, like you know, you have nothing to lose. So I called her. She was like, oh, <laughs> you know, she wasn't happy that I called her. And then I played her the song, and she, I went to, um, so what you think? And she wasn't there. She emailed me. It's the best wow. song I ever heard. I'm coming out and oh recording it. And then it became. Oh she God. did. She won the Brit. It was a number one record for her there. Um, but no one ever heard it really. Like in America, well, some people heard it, but no one really knew who she was. But then I don't know. All of a sudden, on TikTok, it became this massive, viral. You know, there's like five billion but, impressions of it or something. I just want to just finish off on that particular point because you just said, you know, it might change your life. Yeah, and it did. And actually, I'm that not- is what that is what Diane Warren does, right? Because you you did it to share with Turn Back yeah. Time. You reinvented her. You did it to Aerosmith. I mean, it yeah. is it's <laughs> not uncommon for you. To no. reinvent an so artist's life. people should just life. shut the fuck up and listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, just kidding. But kind there's of. a lot of people out there who must be very grateful. 
Yeah, no, some really are. You know, some really are. I'm great. I'm grateful that, that they're letting me do that. So I was just wondering because you were saying about it being a massive thing blowing up on TikTok, and I wonder what your thoughts are on on how that has changed the landscape. And like, for instance, apparently it's changed the way people write songs. A lot of songs that people feel they ha- they have well, people feel they have to start with the chorus because they've only got forty seconds. Someone could take take the chorus out of the song though and put it on TikTok. No, that doesn't mean you have to start with the chorus. So I don't write songs for TikTok. I try, I try to write oh, no, great no, no. songs. Yeah, but that's wondering how you find it's, you know, it's changed people's perception of songs. I mean, it's changing label. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, look, the, I'm just happy when my songs get heard anyway, whether it's TikTok or radio or anything, movies. But the crazy thing is when labels are signing somebody off of TikTok, because TikTok yeah. is like lightning striking. You know, you don't know. Like, I have no idea, like, with how Only Love Can Work like this. So it's some random thing that catches fire or... You know, some of these artists, maybe it, one song catches fire, but they don't have anything else. And it's right. really you know, 20 seconds of a song. And I mm-hmm. I just, I had something recently that I did that this great song was in, in a, you know, in a movie. And I had all these artists that wanted to do it. And they go, no, we, and they went with an artist from a TikTok, basically viral TikTok. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> like, don't go with that because that's a one-off, you know. Well, Mario's playing from Belinda. Big, big love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling people to call me, but, <laughs> but but I tell you where else it, it's interesting. This thing, this digital thing that guys talking about and streaming, is uh, if you know you've got a record. How 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 do I live? Which is in the um, top ten uh, Billboard all time best selling yeah. top one hundred. Um, and I think you know it's it's what number is number, it? It's currently a number six. I know it's been up to number four and. It's probably yeah. even been higher, but but at, at, the, take at the top is a song that's the most streamed, and it's you know the weekend, and and then you've got like the weekend, then you've got the twist, then you've got proper records like your own, yeah, that are in there that have, that have not been big streaming records, and then the streamers come along and they can easily surpass everybody. It doesn't seem fair. Well, and it's also not, you know. Re- it's like counting the radio the re- plays. Yeah, the real the real test is is longevity, isn't it? You know, you could have a, a big streaming record. No one's going to know about it in, in a year, right? Well, also, you know, if, some... you're a, if you're a fan, you can just kind of do multiple streams, which isn't, whereas you wouldn't buy 100 copies, but you can play it 100 times just That's to true. skew the numbers. They got to figure that out, too, because yeah. it's not really fair what, what they're paying with their paying publishers and songwriters, as you know. We were talking about titles earlier, and, and I still think Unbreak, Unbreak is heart, such yeah. a great word. Unbreak my heart is such a great title. Well, and you good. must... You get a song. Is that something that comes out after the tune, during the tune, or was that definitely a? That, well, that came. Keep that, that came with the chorus, and I was in this. When I did that key change in it, and it kind of. I don't know. I can't remember if I had the title before for just. I think it came with those chords. I, I don't I mean, think. The one, it, I don't yeah. think about it. It's, it's so weird with me. Yeah, I'm just so like I'm so on to the next song. I don't think about what I did. Uh, I, I, the one thing that can't be said about you is that you're, you've you've become cynical in the years because you, you're so your enthusiasm is incredible. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Your I'm hunger. not cynic. Your hunger. Like yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. To- I'm starving. I'm starving. <laughs> literally, I'm. Um, no, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I, I'm not cynical at all about music. I'm, I'm cynical about the music business. Because how can you not be? But, mm, yeah. but about the music and and about writing songs. I, I fucking love it. And it doesn't feel like work it, no, when you it's go in hard. and write songs. No, it's what I love. It's like breathing. You know, or like just my favorite thing. I mean, I like breathing, and then I need to do it. But I just love to do it. Do you feel that sometimes when you write those songs and they don't get used, that you're, they're like children that you've had that have gone unrecognized? Yeah, and I've got know? a bunch of them, and some of them are my best songs, but they'll see the light of day. They'll see the light of day. Well, that's that's a great thing to be able to say because there's so many songwriters I, you know, have come across myself included, where you know, you you work with the fact that most of your songs are never actually going to go anywhere. I hope I hope most of them do, but yeah, yeah. you know. That. Wait, that, is that why you just did your you did your solo album recently? Which, yeah, uh, that was like me being a DJ. That was really fun, and I wanted to. I did that to kind of show my also show my diversity too of what diverse styles you know because you had Santana and Celine Dion, and then you had G Easy and Ty Dolla Sign and Marin Morris. You know, and John Legend. So everything was kind of yeah. It's, an all amazing, over. it's like a nuts playlist if you look at it as t- as a list of yeah. artists. It's fantastic, yeah. fantastic broad ranging. I love, I love, I really, I'm really proud of that record. Um, I love Seaside, you know, which was um, Rita Ora and a, a um, Mexican group called Rake 
and Sofia Reyes. I, I still think that song is going to come back. I just do. And and some of these records, um, we didn't have singles rights, which was a fucking bummer. And now, and I learned a, a lesson. Sorry, what does that mean? No, what? the what? the artist from label this was on BMG. Oh, so oh we, wow! It was fuck. You know, you, uh, you can't do the old the thing we all used to love looking for on labels, which is appears courtesy of. Yeah, well, they did for the record, yeah. but they still wouldn't be a primary artist. But right. couldn't could yeah. you pick up the phone to the artist, though, yeah. I guess? You yeah, could. I did, I did in some things. Well, we're trying the label, on, you know, it, whatever. It, I'm Man. still proud of the record. There's some great songs on there. And having Santana on there, Carlos, was must have been... Yeah, Carlos Santana and G-Eazy, that song was about was blowing up. The video was doing great. We thought we had singles rights, and the label goes, now you can't have them. I'm like, fuck. Were you, were you in the room with Carlos playing? No, he did that in, in Hawaii. Yeah, because that's the thing now. Everyone can, you know, send it off and get it done somewhere else. We yeah. all do that. You well, know, it's also it's... when you're, you know, different. You know, I, like I, this record I did um, for this movie, 80 for Brady, which has Dolly Parton, Belinda, Debbie Henry, and it was done. Everybody was in different places. Belinda was in Mexico City. Gloria was in Miami. You know, Dolly was in Nashville. So everybody just kind of did it their own way. What do you think about the? Um, I just want to get your feelings on the on the Ed Sheeran court case, and not pers- not actually about Ed, but just this this idea of copywriting grooves and stuff. It doesn't really does yeah, because it, it could it affect you. Make, it doesn't make any sense. That I'm glad he won that case, you know, because chord pro- you can't copyright a chord progression. That's that's just yeah. fucking nuts. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, I mean, you know, C A minor yeah, F G. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. many people have used that? You know, I know. I mean, but, it's it's crazy. So, it, yeah. you know, when you're going to, you can't really, I mean, copyright infringement, I thought was like notes of a melody and stuff. So it's getting a little crazy. People are getting like too easy with that shit. I'm glad he, he I'm glad they didn't win that case and that, that he prevailed on that. That was have you got, have you got, have you got a, have you got a film coming out this year that's going to go into next year's Oscars? I think I have a few. <laughs> I hope. No, I mean, I think I have a few potential. Um, well, well, 80 for Brady, the song I did with yeah, um, right, yeah. the Dolly Parton one, Gonna Be You, which I'm so proud of. I love that record. Um, that potentially, um, I have like two others I'm not talking about yet, but big movies. It's fun. That's for, but it must be so great that you have this sort of place of being the movie writer. I mean, that's kind of, you know, we, yeah. we, as, you have these massive, massive pop hits, but you are so synonymous with the movie song which is such a great thing to me that's a I love it a no, Hollywood you know, I, I'm, Hollywood association as much as anything well it's really cool because I I always loved songs and movies when I was a kid yeah. and and in fact like like um November I got the honorary Oscar for, and they'd yeah. never to they've never given that to a songwriter before and I don't know the next time they will but they gave it to me and it was like it was such an amazing that was the best night ever and share you mentioned and you mentioned our mate Don Black yeah. Um, yes, I love him. I love him. I, I talked about him in my in my um, my acceptance speech. Yeah. He's born yeah. free. That I mean, in fact, he co-wrote two of my favorite um, uh, movie songs, "To Sir with Love." Also, That's right. You know, th- those that and "Born Free" are my two like those like are my two favorite 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 movie songs. Do, do you, who's written the most movie songs? Is it someone like Sammy Khan or Probably. someone? I don't know. I mean, who's well, written? Is it you? It's got to be it, you, right? It would be no. someone who wrote musicals, though, wouldn't it? it would yeah, be, probably. There's a shame. bunch of people that have done movie songs. And you don't, you, know? you don't fancy musicals, do you? There's a jukebox musical, isn't there? But you don't fancy writing a musical, Diane. Um, there's a, well, there's kind of a jukebox one. I mean, kind of a jukebox one being done on me right now. But there'll, there'll be yeah, new songs too, not just jukebox. Because yeah. if it's just jukebox, it's so boring. Like to me, because I, I always want to do new songs for. Because I, I guess you want to be. No, in but, I mean, but the idea of a story. That'd be fun. Right now, I'm an ego. I'm, I'm an ego. I'm an ego. You're an ego. <laughs> this is well, Emmy, Grammy, Golden Globe, which I don't think counts, but to me it does, and um, honorary Oscar. Oscar. So there's an Oscar in there. So it's I'm an ego. Ego. I still haven't won the competitive Oscar, so I'm. <laughs> And an Ivan Novello. I was there when you got your I, Ivan Novello, by the way. Yes, that was I really applauded, cool. I applauded. I applauded. Thank you. The, yes. <laughs> I saw a picture of that and I was really, like, I had this really stu- ugly jacket on. <laughs> and um, it's like, why didn't I wear it? But um, that oh, was a, that was a, that's a big honor. So I remember that. That was awesome. Diane, thank you so much for coming on, speaking thank to you. us. Thank you. Great to um, talk to you. 
Well, your enthusiasm is definitely infectious. I, I feel like I, you know, I need to definitely work my... In fact, you have inspired me towards the I piano. Go on, get off and write something. <laughs> Great to talk Brilliant. to you guys. Lovely. Thank you so much. And you, good luck with the album yes. and, uh, and with Belinda's single. Thank you. Well, you know what, Guy? One of the thing that uh, occurred to me during that interview is living in L.A. definitely helps in whatever you're doing in the in this world of, of showbiz, Absolutely. right? Because you're going to bump into people on planes or going into an Al-Anon meeting or coming out of one. I, or... I think going into an uh, that that's probably the most peak LA thing. I know, it's exactly, I mean, because where else would that happen? Can you imagine? Was, well, yeah, I mean, I, I luckily I bumped into Cher uh, in Primark in Huddersfield. And that's how... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I d it did make me want to go to LA actually because I could see the LA scene outside of her window there behind. Yeah, her. but there was all that and traffic it, noise that was putting me off. The pollution. The pollution. Yeah, you you can get wheezy, can't you? Can, you? you can get wheezy, Cal, especially <laughs> at our age. Um, but no, inspiring person. I mean, and just you know, full of lust for life, of of creativity. It's that. The, yeah, uh, but what's it? Because it's it's what's interesting is that, is that with there's the mountain which she climbed and then it's she just reclimbs the mountain again and again yeah, and again doing yeah. the range you know but it's not like yeah. it's like once you've ticked that that box or those boxes all you can yeah. do is tick them again i mean i, I don't, don't mean that in any sort of belittling way i mean it's amazing and is the mountain in la the mountains in the la mountain, the, the um what are they called the san bernardino no yeah but but the metaphorical San Bernardino. Yes. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, we're rambling. So um, I'm going to go off and try and write a song. <laughs> oh, would you? Uh, <laughs> the phone, Stephen Tyler. It was you who pointed out. I, I was funny. I was wondering, by the way, if if you were going to do this, or I was thinking if you were, maybe I should. But then perhaps it's probably best that none of us did, because it was you who pointed out that was it. She's written something like 14 or 16 songs with the word "don't" in the title. No, it's not just the word don't in the title. It's the word don't at the beginning of the oh. title, which is an interesting thing, you know, cause so, and they were all successful. So that idea of, you know, positive rejection. Yeah, yes. That's what don't do this. Don't do that. You know, I mean, that's that's what people like to hear. Don't. Well, it's punk, record. isn't it? I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, can I do this? Bit yes. then? Thank you for yes. listening. It's your turn. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our producer, Ben Jones. Give me sugar for making this work. And... Uh, don't forget to sign up uh, if you want extras, which we're which we're working harder. And um, anything else, guy? Uh, no, I was, I was just going to say the extras, which I must say are really good fun. They are. And can I say next week is a live show, right? They're very very exciting. In fact, yeah. Next time you hear us, we will either be coming down from the heights of 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 our fabulous success, or we'll be nursing broken wings. No, I think we're actually on stage. The next time they hear us is a recording from the screen on the green. Right. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I really made a mess of that. So, yes, the next time you hear us, we will be live on the screen at the great. Uh, yes. And then uh, and then the time after that will be something like this. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Fucking lost it. OK. Lost it. That's, thank God we're sold this, out. Yeah. We this just, is rubbish. Unless they're sending tickets back. <laughs> this is rubbish. All right. It's good night from and me. It's good night from them. Rock on Tours is produced by Gimme Sugar Productions. A Warner Music Group UK. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.